Hello and welcome. It's episode 83 of Canberra Conversations with your host, Colin Campbell. And today's conversation, we are talking about CBD and developing a business in an underdeveloped and slightly misunderstood sector. To do so, we are joined in our conversation by Grayson Hart, who's a performer, professional rugby player and the co-founder of Pure Sport. We learn a lot about Grayson's background in pro rugby, his knee injury and how he learned to discover CBD. This led to Grayson going on a mission to source a CBD that was compliant with the drug testing and the rigours of professional sport. As part of this conversation, we discuss the challenges with traditional responses to pain and pain relief, as well as how more natural remedies can support your well-being. We learn about the benefits and the uses for CBD, as well as the different methods for taking it. And this was genuinely an eye-opening conversation for me to understand far, far more about something that you regularly see on your Instagram feed, but don't really have an understanding for. From a business perspective, I asked Grayson about how he and his business partner Adam have managed to overcome some of the biggest challenges they face, particularly given the adverts for paid reach on Instagram and Facebook are actually not available for CBD companies. So we'll look to understand how they've managed to achieve the growth they have when there are some limitations on their scope. Lastly, community is one of the core values that you see when you visit Pure Sports website. And I ask how the team bring this to life rather than purely just a buzzword that is used in marketing jargon. If today's episode has made you keen to explore the benefits of CBD yourself, then you can visit puresport.co.uk and it'll be linked in the bio and use Cambro20 to save on your order and support the podcast. Personally, I'm looking forward to starting my own CBD journey and my own usage after recording this with Grayson a couple of weeks ago before releasing it today. And I'm excited to assess the impact that it has on my recovery, my sleep and my general well-being. Without any further ado, Let's get into this episode with Grayson Hart. I know you're going to love it. Hello and welcome back to Cambro Conversations. In today's conversation, we are talking all things CBD. To do so, we are joined by professional rugby player and co-founder of Pure Sport CBD, Grayson Hart. Grayson, thanks for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be on here. The power of social media, connecting a, a couple of dudes for a chat. And uh, I find flattered that you referred to me as a professional rugby player, but I'm a, I'm a happily retired and no longer battering my body and brain uh, rugby player. <laughs> Former professional rugby player then, Grayson. And yeah, absolutely. The power of social media. We can use social media exactly how we want to. Too many people are just mindlessly consuming, whereas you get the opportunity to connect with other people that you think can bring a valuable conversation then it's really, really, really worthwhile. And so I'm thankful for the power of Instagram with that. But you've mentioned there battering the body, battering the brain. The body part is probably what led you to where you are now, given that you experienced a lot of injuries as a pro rugby player. Do you want to tell the audience a little bit about what happened in that regard and how it led to you discovering CBD? Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a bit of the body and the brain taking the battering. I mean... The head knocks in, in rugby actually quite early on led me to an interest in like supplementation that could help with um, long-term cognitive function. Um, so, you know, obviously 
that you you'll know this well yourself like daily day-to-day uh life of a rugby player like just your training whether you're a pro or you're just someone that loves playing a contact sport you're bashing your head against things all the time and you're getting whiplash and you're knocking on the floor and knocking against people's knees with your head and all sorts and some of these insignificant ones like really really stack up and but then obviously there's the bigger ones where you get knocked out and all that and I took a lot of head knocks uh, throughout my whole life as a rugby player and wanting to do things that uh, help me with you know long-term help uh, cognitive function and not like down the line you know having um, dementia and all these you know being concerned about that created an interest in me quite early on uh, around how I can use supplementation, especially natural products. So I think that side of rugby opened me up to natural alternatives. Uh, and I was really interested and fascinated about what was out there and that these things weren't that mainstream, but there was a lot of people that were seeing unbelievable uh, results and benefits with, you know, some of these amazing um, mushroom um products some of these amazing um nootropics and adaptogens which are you know natural ingredients that um you know are designed to help the body uh handle different stresses and 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 then cbd specifically um i actually had a knee injury that was um pretty standard i tore my meniscus which is not like a hugely significant injury you usually get surgery and you're maybe out like 10 to 12 weeks after the surgery and you're back um and i suffered that injury and got back to playing normally after that three months and then sort of as time went by i'd have a bit of ache and pain in my knee but it was nothing significant and then uh, coming over to Scotland, um, my ambition uh, when I signed for Edinburgh was to try to represent Scotland. That's my grandma's from. Managed to make my international debut. And then about a month after that tour, my knee started really swelling up. So the club, Edinburgh, sent me for MRI, came back, thought it was going to be like, oh, you know, this or that. We've got to, got to take a few weeks out or you may need a minor little surgery to clear it out, whatever came back, they bought the whole medical stuff, they sat me down and they're like, this knee is in horrific condition, uh, you're gonna need to retire. The specialist is saying you need a knee replacement, you're gonna need a knee replacement by the time you're 40. There's bone spurs, all the cartilage is gone, um, your, your knee is unstable. And I was just sitting there like, oh, I, I, I never missed a game last season. I, you know, uh, there's been no new injury. I had that injury like a year ago. Uh, I just made my international debut. Like, I don't want to, no, I'm not retiring. Like, I want to keep playing. Um, so I couldn't really believe it. And so I got, they, so I said, no, I want to keep playing. They sent me to another couple specialists to get their opinion because they can't just tear your contract up. You know, there's got to be multiple views. They all, the all the specialists agreed my knee was stuffed, but, um, they, they sort of said, look, he's functioning um, as long as he's able to function and he understands the risks for himself, he can keep playing. So that was a consensus. But what that did is it led me down a real reliance on painkillers. Um, to cut a long story short, I, I was really heavy on painkillers up to six a day at my worst point to try train train and play to the standard that I used to with this new pain that kept coming worse and worse in my knee. Um, 
I waited till an off season because I, in my research, I heard about CBD coming from the States, UFC, NFL guys talking about the pain relief that they were feeling with being able to replace painkillers at, at this point. CBD wasn't really a thing yet in the UK. So I waited till the off season, trialed it, got all different brands, all different products ordered from the States. And I found it was the first time I was able to get off the painkillers. Yeah. Uh, and I was like so excited um, because one of the things I was so concerned about is like, I noticed these painkillers really negatively affecting my health. Um, my, my mental state of mind, my physical state, my gut, six painkillers a day for eight months, you know, is not sustainable. It's not healthy. Um, so when the CBD worked, I was over the moon, went back to my team doctor on the start of preseason, told him I was on the CBD. I'd managed to get off the painkillers. His response was, let me check it. He came back the next day, goes, you can't take it. It's not batch tested. It's not certified. So my view was, like, okay, I get that. You know, I'd been in the game pro rugby for a while. I knew batch testing and all that for supplements. So I was like, but let's try find a way. Like, let's find out what the level of risks is, what brands are better, what WADA is saying. Uh, and they were just, the organization was just like, nah, you can't take it. So I was, I was like upset. I was like, I'm a human. I don't want to take six painkillers a day. Uh, I, I want to take this natural alternative that's helping me. And the answer was no. So I just made up my mission to find one that was safe and do my own due diligence. Along that path, um, it was, um, I reached out to a, or all sorts of people. And one guy came back to me, emailed me. He was a hemp farmer, a guy from a leading hemp farm in America. And he goes, oh, let's jump on a call. Cause I was like, look, I'm looking for this because I'm drug testing, blah, blah, blah. He goes, okay, let's jump on a call. He goes, look, man, like I've got this new extraction equipment in my lab that can calibrate the machinery and we can extract the CBD to be the exact specifications. Nowhere else can do this. We can create what you need in terms of the raw material. Um, and, and then I was like, oh, that's sick. So excited. Um, still just wanted it as a customer. And I go thinking I was going to be his best customer, you know, before I bought like three, four products at a time. And then I go to him, oh, yeah, like, let, can you make like the equivalent to make 30 bottles of CBD? And he just like laughs at me. He's like, no, 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 man. Like, if I you calibrate my machinery to create this extraction method, like, I'm talking mass quantities, like thousands, you know? And I was like, oh, shit. So I was gutted, went away. By that point, my teammate at Glasgow Warriors um, and friend Adam, he had just had a hip surgery and he was on pain because I told him about CBD. He got on it. He was using it. Um, and because he had just had the surgery, he wasn't being drug tested. So there was no risk for him. Um, found it really beneficial. So I went to him and I was like, I had this light bulb moment. I was like, man, I found this thing. And like, we can create our own business, you know? And, and he was like, yeah, I'm in. So we had to then convince our partners that this was a great idea. Two guys that were just rugby players that were hugely passionate, believed in something, something that had impacted our lives that we knew could impact others and that we wanted to start a business, invest our, all of our savings in it. So that's how that's how it started. <laughs> yeah, it, it, what an incredible story, Grace. And I think one thing to pull out there is that reliance on really heavy duty painkillers 
and the impact it has on other areas of your life. Because yes, it probably allowed you to fulfill that function of your life, which was so important to you, play professional rugby, try and represent Scotland, play your best for Edinburgh, Glasgow. But if it's degenerating other areas of your life, it's a very, very short-term exchange of value and your return is going to be potentially down the line really degenerative. And I think a lot of young guys in our age group will have read Jordan Peterson and a lot of people know about his struggles getting on opioids and he's quite a high profile case of a genuinely incredibly intelligent man who's had to use really difficult amounts of painkillers and it's it's basically ruined his life so I'm glad that you took the decision to to get away from those and find something a bit more natural yeah 100% and like I'm I'm thankful like that I experience that level of discomfort with that way of life um because I, I have seen people that haven't kind of clued on to the issue that that's not all good to be reliant on painkillers every single day you know um you know the same way that i feel things like sleeping pills are not for a prolonged period um you know they should be avoided at all costs you know uh things like antidepressants I feel should be the last resort because what happens is these cycles are created that people become reliant and then the then the bigger issue is getting off how how do they get away from these things and I mean one of the things that I you know saw in my own life was um, my father struggled with addiction and so when I became so reliant on these painkillers to the point that like codeine, cocodamol, uh, Voltaren, these things weren't helping me anymore because I'd built up a kind of, um, my body had become used tolerance, to them, like yeah. tolerance, exactly. Um, that then I was onto these opioid based painkillers, you know, like tramadols and these types of things. And when I know, like, so don't, with, the, all the Voltarens and Diclofenic and all those things, like I noticed my gut and my mood and feeling was not good when I'd take them for a prolonged period. And like things like even like sleep quality, wasn't sleeping well and like energy levels were just not right. Cause you're not meant to have all those chemicals in your body for a long period. Um, but then when it got to the opioid based things, when I saw them affecting how my mind functioned and my decision-making and daily life and like drowsiness or, you know, like even feelings of like feeling like a false euphoria to like a drop, um, which I experienced, I was like, this shit is a slippery slope to addiction. Um, and I think seeing experience as a child, like seeing like the traumatic experiences that of seeing what happened to my dad, uh, I was like, Fuck, there is no way I'm gonna uh, slip into that kind of life. Uh, and, and even aside from that, just the effects I was experiencing then and there, not being clear minded, affecting my uh, health and wellness in that moment and in the long term. For me, I was like, nah, there's got to be another way. That's why I was willing to not take no for an answer when it came to a pro sports organization. Because for me, one of my things as a my career as a pro athlete that I realized is 
it's no individual's fault. Uh, the people there, are, as individuals, they've got a good heart, but the system's not designed for the athlete. It's designed for, it's a business, and the athlete's a cog in that wheel. Uh, and that's not to say that these people in there are not are, are consciously like thinking that way. They're not consciously trying to like, uh, you know, take the athlete um, for granted or, or, or just chew them up and spit them out. The but, framework that they're operating within Grayson is dictated by the balance sheet. And ultimately you were an asset on that balance sheet that was potentially that needed to play yeah. based on your ability on the pitch but also they needed to make decisions that worked out for them longer term rather than you and your retirement. Exactly, exactly. And the painkiller things just become normalised, you know. Uh, you know, I remember times getting like surgery, like shoulder surgery. And um, I mean, they're a lot better now because there's been issues that have arisen in the media around like painkiller addiction and sport and really dudes taking painkillers and crashing their cars and shit like that. But so they've gotten a lot better. But I remember when I was playing, like have a shoulder surgery, you'd get past a thing of a hundred tramadols, like hundred tramadols can cause a lot of carnage for someone's life, you know? Um, but even, you know, just on a daily basis, you got an injury or oh, here's some pain, here's some anti-inflammatories. Like, um, so for me, a big part of pure sport is like educating, raising awareness and breaking that cycle, which is like a quick fix mentality. And that's something that like we're so passionate about as a brand. Uh, we see the products as something that's part of a lifestyle. But in order for that lifestyle to truly be impactful, it starts with a shift in my perspective. You know what I mean? So I, I'm thankful that I had that shift. And it led to pure sport. Um, and I'm I'm now out here trying my best to kind of promote an, a different way of life than the quick fix mentality. Yeah, that speaks to me massively. I, I think we have a massive challenge when it comes to like reactive treatment rather than preventative. And if you can look after yourself better day to day through and use preventative medicine or supplements it's much better than you ending up in a position where you need and require almost like emergency intervention or short-term fixes and patches which as we've just discussed there they're short-term to reduce that pain in that moment but what's the what's the downstream effect in terms of quality of life and ability to live the way that you would want to for that brief like respite that you're getting it's not really worthwhile so given that you and adam came from a professional sporting background the first focus for Pure Sports CBD initially was on supporting professional athletes. How did that start? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if I actually um, said it when I was explaining, but the key point of why Pure Sport came to life was to, to find a CBD that was safe 100% for drug-tested athletes because that's what I was trying to solve uh, for me. And, and that's what me and Adam, right, that's what we were looking for. Um, so our, when that opportunity arose, uh, our, our strategy was like, because then our mindset had to shift from what's good for us for what can create a business. So our, our perspective was, okay, if we can bring to the world the first ever fully 
officially batch tested and certified CBD products. Um, because it, I'm sure as you know, Colin, uh, there's, there's uh, the official batch testing agencies um, that are recognized by World Anti-Doping and UCAD and that, um, and, and they certify all the supplements and if they have that seal of pro approval. So we're like, if we can create that for CBD, uh, if we can create a CBD product that attains that certification, we're going to be the first in the world. And what that's going to do is we're going to open up the doors for athletes to take CBD. Uh, they're going to talk about it, promote it. And our viewers, if people can see that athletes who are drug tested and that their whole career is dependent on making sure they're safe, their drug testing can trust us. It's also going to help break that stigma down um, around cannabis based products um, that some of that wider audience have you know the the kind of viewpoint that of oh, it's like cannabis is to get high and it's for stoners and and all of that and um we wanted pure sport to utilize that level of integrity the transparency being the most lab tested batch tested and certified to show to people that cbd can be seen in a category of its own as a wellness product that can benefit you with pain relief sleep quality, stress, anxiety, um, and it's for everybody, you know? And, and our view of the CBD industry was, it wasn't well regulated. Uh, so people weren't trusting it that well. A lot of the brands were, they had cannabis leaves and they were kind of like appealing to that cannabis-y weed type culture. And we're like, well, no, this stuff is non-addictive. It doesn't get you high. It's, amazing benefits we want it to be seen and trusted in a, in a kind of light and a category of its own so that's what we work, work really hard to do yeah and i think when you speak there about the branding of it in particular pure sport for starters is a lot more reassuring for somebody that's maybe got athletic pursuits rather than like you say maybe a brand that's got a, a cannabis leaf on it and people think well i can't possibly buy that because my employer or the, 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 the amateur sports team that I play for will think, oh, this guy's just getting high yeah. in, 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 in order to recover. I don't they, they Even like your mum, like at home, it's like, there's a weed leaf, like, what? That's not good, you know? Um, and it's, you know, like the, these compounds that are so beneficial, CBD or cannabidiol, which is what CBD stands for, is one of these compounds that's amazingly beneficial is derived from the cannabis plant. So it's not the, the cannabis plant itself, it's what our world's perception of that has become. So we're wanting to kind of redefine like, you know, yeah, there are unbelievable healing benefits from these natural um from mother nature you know that if used right if extracted correctly if um done with uh trust and transparency they should be seen as a gift not like seen as like oh that's addictive or gets you high you know yeah something that's dirty or like a secret that you shouldn't tell people mm -hmm. that you're taking whereas once it's all in out in the open and we can discuss the the actual benefits of it and people can see both anecdotal but also scientific evidence and examples it gives a lot of reassurance to people that oh actually this is something that's acceptable as as the fish oil that you might want to take with your 
with you, with with your glass of water when you wake up in the morning. It's it's about normalizing it as a supplement rather than as this kind of like dirty little thing in the background. Hundred percent. And we we see so like when I was 17, 18, I, uh, when I first started going to the gym because I wanted to become bigger because I wanted to try and be a pro rugby player. Protein. That wasn't what it is today. So I'm talking how I'm I'm pretty old now. That's that's like 15 years ago when I was 18. Um, forget how old I am sometimes. But um, back then, protein powder was you were either a pro athlete or you were a wannabe. You were trying to become a pro athlete or you were like trying to be a bodybuilder, you know, and you'd go to the gym, you'd pump your guns and you do your bench press and you'd go home and you'd drink your shake and you look in the mirror and see if your arms are going. Now, protein is in everyone's household. You know, like the 50-year-old mum these days has got like three different bloody types of protein in the pantry. Um, and and back 15 years ago, that was the wannabe bodybuilders and athletes. So we see CBD on that same trajectory and what the beautiful thing about CBD is it's creating a wave and raising awareness for what natural alternatives can do for us so even if CBD and the hyperum is something that's being introduced to someone and then from there they find out about some of these other amazing natural supplements um, and that's been something that's been a passion of mine like, like I said from the start, CBD wasn't the first natural alternative, like having the worry about cognitive function and, you know, degenerative like brain disorders from head knocks and learning about supplements that you can take now that will help you down the line um, and having that interest. That's been a value that I've brought to Pure Sport from day one. It's like, we want to utilize CBD be seen as the most trusted um, and then have products that impact people's lives and then utilize this community to educate them on other natural alternatives. Um, and we feel it's like a great time in life because people are starting to question the status quo. You know, it's like what you said earlier about the medical industry. It's like, there's, there's not enough proactivity of, finding changes in lifestyle uh, to, to create good health. So we're not ill and then we're trying to cope with illness. Right now, the medical industry that we're in and the, the paradigm we're in is you get ill and then you cope, you know? Whereas what the a perspective that, that is growing and building and that is challenging that status quo and that top-down big farmer mentality is what can we do now to better our lifestyle to be well in 10 years and 20 years? Um, and that's what we're all about. That's why for us, it's the products we're massively passionate about. We innovate, we educate, but it's a lifestyle. You know, we, we, we incorporate um, the run clubs, the fitness clubs, the yoga clubs, to encourage and say like we're not we're not a brand that sits and says i'll oh, take this cv it's going to change your life right like that it's like this is part of a shift um 
So I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that people are growing and gaining awareness with. What misconceptions do you think there still are out there? Obviously, we talked about the, the, the link to getting higher, getting stoned. What other misconceptions do you think remain for you to tackle? Um, one of the biggest issues is in the in the CBD space is there's a lot of really shit quality products out there. So up until this, up until March, uh, and it's still in the process, but March is when it was initiated. Um, the government uh, created a, a regulation process for CBD uh, brands that you had to be at a certain level to keep your products on the market now current like they've not yet taken products off the market but it's it's in a process of vetting all the and making sure that they're at that level so one of the biggest misconceptions is that um and it's happened because naturally like if people are new something they want to try at a certain price point um and the cheaper products on the on the market are usually reflect that they're not they're not a good quality so one of the biggest issues for the cbd industry is people trying something really poor quality and being like oh cbd doesn't work um that's a massive challenge to try and relearn and re-educate people like what you took doesn't work because it's shit <laughs> you know um but thankfully with this regulation coming in it's going to help get rid of some of those in the next sort of 12 months um, and going forward, there will be a lot more transparency and only the, the top quality will be able to stay trading. So that's going to be great for the consumer. Um, one of the other ones is, you know, CBD. One of the main impactful benefits is sleep quality. Um, and then so people assume, oh, CBD makes you drowsy. Um, that's a misconception. Um, so the way that CBD impacts sleep quality is that uh, everybody has in their body a group of receptors that is referred to as the endocannabinoid system. Uh, that's what this group of receptors is named. And, and the reason being is because certain cannabinoids trigger these receptors. And what this group of receptors do is they help bring about homeostasis or balance within the body. So when the body is in balance or homeostasis, that it's at its best in terms of fighting stress and the symptoms of stress. Um, uh, it's got its anti-inflammatory values. Um, these receptors help bring on deeper sleep um, and, and, it's, and it has a sort of relaxational clarity of mind. You know, think about when your mind, uh, when your body feels healthy and fit and well, your mind is more clear and focused. Um, you sleep better, you know, uh, you, you make clearer decisions. Um, and that's what this, that when the endocannabinoid system is triggered through these cannabinoids like CBD, it helps bring that on. Um, so it's actually when you are sleeping there and they're triggered in that regard, it helps bring about deeper sleep. So it doesn't make you drowsy. Um, it's another misconception. Just on that one, Grayson, I think the sleep element is is huge because given that you and Adam are professional athletes and a lot of the ambassadors that promote pure CBD are professional athletes, obviously sleep's important for them, but sleep's probably like, in my opinion, like the lowest hanging piece of fruit, the most reachable 
like performance enhancer that you could get in your life if you can improve it for most for most people and if correct dosage cbd of a good quality can radically change somebody's sleep quality their quality of life will be massively different i think everyone kind of got that red pill a few years ago when matthew walker was on the joe rogan podcast and it was kind of shit man i need to improve my sleep quality and if cbd can play a role within improving sleep hygiene and improving quality of life and that's how it works rather than just making you a bit drowsy before bed which again a lot of people would comfortably have that as a misconception as you say which maybe scare them from taking it in the morning or mm-hmm. taking it during the day when that might still be effective for them to take their dosages across the day to help their other areas that they're looking to improve on. 100% man, like sleep, like if you don't sleep well, everything is on the back foot, you know, you're, you wake up, your view of life is what, like what's next. Um, you make, you take shortcuts in terms of your choices you know uh do you go for the run do you go to the gym to start your day uh or do you hit that snooze you know and then it's those snooze in the morning that actually make you feel more groggy because that's not quality sleep you know it's sitting back further um decisions in terms of diet when you're tired you go for the quick decision you know what do you do when you're tired you drink more caffeine and then what does that do that makes you tired, that makes you stay awake later, then what does that do? Another shit sleep, and the cycle goes on. Next thing you know, you're angry, frustrated, fucking making poor decisions, your mind's not functioning well, you haven't been to the gym in a week, then that's got an off-on effect on your physiology and your biology. And then, you know, I'm not going to sit here and um, try and... Be a, be a doctor, uh, so I don't obviously don't want to offend anyone, but like we, these are quick fire ways to slip into like issues with mental health, uh, just life, you know, decision making. Um, and then we, and then the cycle continues because, okay, what do you do? Oh, I'm going to go get a sleeping pill. I'm going to go get prescribed some sleeping pills or or maybe sometimes you don't even realize where it all began with sleep and then the knock-on effect. And then you're like, oh, I'm depressed. I haven't felt good for months because the cycle, you're deep in it now. And then five coffees a day has become normal. Not going to the gym because you're too tired or tired to become normal. Uh, your mind, the new norm is not having a clearly functioning mind. You feel down. Your relationships are no longer good because you're not, that you don't have that clarity. So you go to a doctor. What does the doctor say? The doctor doesn't ask you about your lifestyle. He just asks you about the problem. And he says, okay, you probably need some antidepressant. The cycle goes on and on and on. And then you get into the grips of those things. You lose sight of where it was initiated. Um, so, you know, like, we, we are here to try to help people understand like wellness is a journey. It's not a destination. Our products are not going to, you're not going to take a dose of our CBD and your life's change, but to invest in this product is a sign that you're, you are willing to invest in your wellness because it matters to you. Um, 
And like, man, for, for me, I'm so thankful to have gone through like being in those cycles of being stuck and reliant and feeling down. And even as little as like, I know I'm someone that likes to walk down the street and like feel present, you know, and greet people. And when I get my coffee in the morning, say hello and how are you doing? And like, when you start to notice that that's not you anymore and you're just walking along and you're annoyed and you're angry, you don't want to talk to people and it's like, what's going on here? Don't get me wrong, everyone has their bad days, that's okay. But I'm saying when, when, you, when things start to shift and there's this snowball effect of how you're living your life, it's like, don't look at just the um, issue that you're facing there. Try and backtrack it and be like, what have I, what's different? Because when you get to a point where it's like you realize you're in a bloody slump, so your habits have changed, you know what I mean? So it's like try and backtrack and create a, a shift in something small and achievable. Uh, and it's, and then you're going to re-bring that power back. And for us, championing that perspective and how our products tie into that, but the lifestyle of that is what we're all about. Yeah, a proactive lifestyle to tackle these things in advance is absolutely a message that I can throw my full weight behind. You mentioned there around depression and closely linked to depression is always anxiety in a lot of cases. CBD has been linked to support like relief of anxiety. Where, where does that come from? Obviously, you've explained how it supports sleep, but how does it support with managing anxiety? Yeah, so it comes back around to the uh, endocannabinoid system again. So that that group of receptors actually that that balance and homeostasis that that allows to bring the body back to uh, helps us like focus and clarity. Um, so plenty of people take CBD throughout the day in the office. Um, they'll take it, you know, uh, before meetings. Um, we've got people who are in the corporate world that. Um, we actually had an unbelievable trust pilot review the other day about a person who would get real anxiety before a presentation when they had to present something. And they, they heard about someone taking pure sport CBD for anxiety. Uh, so they've, they've been taking the products, the, I think it was the 3000 milligram uh, oil, CBD oil that they were taking. Um, and they'll take it like 20 minutes before they had a presentation. And they said that the, the anxiety was out the window. You know, they would just feel, was he naturally like nervous, but that taking over of anxiety was no longer a thing. So yeah. um, it's definitely that group of receptors that, that triggers that allow the, the body to kind of function and stay and, and focus and clarity and, and relax um, has that impact. You mentioned there that, uh, that was like an oil there's so many different forms and ways to take cbd i think just looking at some of the websites over the years rubs and drops and sprays and capsules why is there different ways and i suppose maybe it's just down to preference but equally is there a way that's the best way to absorb it or is it down to personal preference yeah and and that's another um thing that's hugely important in like natural wellness it's like there is no one-stop shop for an individual um an example is like like everybody's uh, physiologically different, you know. Um, 
and and think like we all know that person that loves to have like an espresso you go out for dinner and you know the way to come down is oh you want a coffee and it's like 9 p.m and someone's like oh yeah i'll have that it's like man like you're not gonna sleep tonight and they're like nah no never a problem and then like if that was me and i take that i'm up till 4 a.m you know um like i, like, I can't sleep fidgeting uh and so why do some people respond uh more drastically to caffeine and others it doesn't affect them it's everyone's body and physio is physiologically responds differently so it's the same with cbd and natural products it's finding what works best for you and um try like trialing dosages different ways of taking it um but but you're right like but in terms of like just a simple perspective so the most common uh ways of using cbd uh the oil that is dropped under the tongue and is absorbed sublingually through the glands uh capsules which is obviously swollen and broken down in the stomach and then the topical options uh, which are like applied you know to the body uh externally so the the topicals are better suited for like a specific area so if it's like tight muscles or recovery or, or joint pain and it's applied specifically to that skin irritation and infl inflammatory issues with the skin is a great one for topical um, application uh, and then the oil is it's absorbed through the gland so that's actually the quickest way to get the cbd into the system um, through through and you drop it under the tongue and you you leave it to soak for at least 30 seconds under the tongue before you swallow um, some people like to like take their CBD in their coffee or with their water and it's still like an effective way to get the CBD in, but it's not as effective because it's a lot of it's got to still go through and be broken down in the stomach. Um, and then capsule, you know, is you don't have that, it's, it's a longer, um, uh, it takes longer to get into the system because it's got to go broken down in the stomach. Um, but think about it, some people like the routine that they know you know their way of supplementing through through capsules people are creatures of habit so they like what they know the dosage that it's reliable you know exactly what you're taking i mean it's not that challenging in terms of the dosage with the oil because our products come with the mark the pet which show how much milligrams you're taking each time um but yeah it's 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 finding out what works well for you and finding a dose and playing and that's one of the things we pride ourselves on as a brand is anyone in, that comes to us our job is to help you get the best out of the product you know it's not just sell you this and go on your way it's like we're there we answer the questions um we have a full-time uh customer education uh manager that is there to educate and make sure the customer has a great experience um and that's that's what we pride ourselves on because we know you know for for example we've had an 80 year old grandma who gets the lower dose because that's what you think is necessary um and and for 99 percent of grandmas that more than enough who doesn't see the benefits so she needs to up the dose and then on the flip side we've had 120 kg international rugby players who you'd recommend okay you need a bigger dose because you're a big person your body's getting bashed and you're training hard and 
they have, they drop down to a lower dose. He's like, no, I'm getting the benefit from that, you know. So it's not one stop shop. It's um, it's about finding what works for you, and that's something that we think people and brands that are passionate about the impact this can have on people. Uh, that's the perspective they need to have, and that's something we have. We were saying before we hit record about I'd used it briefly, probably about five or six months for a period I was prepping for a photo shoot. So getting as lean as I possibly could. I started to get a bit of knee pain when I was leg pressing and squatting because I just wasn't, I didn't have as much fuel. I didn't have as much um, fluid pumping around my body. And I found that CBD was helpful. But the first month I got it, I got a spray and it was to be sprayed under my tongue. And like you say, left for, I think it was a minute before I swallowed. And I would forget to do it before going to sleep sometimes because I brushed my teeth already and I didn't want, and I don't know whether something subconsciously, like I don't want to spray this stuff before I go to sleep. But I then moved on to the capsules and it's just interesting that they all end up doing the same job overall, but importantly, it's about how you build that into your habits and your routines. So it's good to have the different options available to enable adherence because it's no use if I take it three nights out of seven, whereas I want to be taking it six out of seven, seven out of seven, if ideally to actually reap the benefits and the the reward of it. And lastly on that, Grayson, the element of customer support is massive because I went in completely blind in terms of what dose I might need to start on, in terms of what quality I might need to take, how often I need to take it. Obviously, there's little things in the label sometimes, but it's so generic. And like you say there, having that individuality to dosages is very, very important to give people reassurance yet again that taking something new I'm doing it correctly. Yeah, 100%. And this is so new to people. People are excited about what it can do for them. People are hearing, you know, a lot of times CBD is recommended by a family member or a friend or you hear someone talk about it. People take their time, they research, they learn. And I encourage, look around, research, learn, do your own due diligence. Um, And... You know, I, I know like when I was a customer, CBD is not cheap, you know. Um, but for me, it's like when you're uh, investing in your house here and now and long term, like it's a good investment, but you want to get a return on your investment. And like we feel passionately that it's our duty to make sure that we do everything we can to show the customer, be there for the customer. Like we have. Uh, WhatsApp set up through our website so there's actually availability and ease of chat you know you don't have to wait day or an hour or whatever for uh, an email plus like oh hey this I'm interested in this or that what can you tell me um, that's the way the world's going you need to have that uh, accessibility uh, so definitely man and it's 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 a real another um, misconception and not just CBD but natural wellness products like we're used to this world where you take a pill, like a painkiller, and you feel something. Um, the, the most impactful benefits are when you're consistent because these, these natural ingredients work in synergy with your body. They're not, they're not like a painkiller where it comes in and like blocks the feeling of your body. It works to help create a great operating system within your body for your body to do the unbelievable functions that it's designed to do you know um to recover to overcome injuries to to rest completely with your sleep and to not have a 
constantly busy or stressed out mind you know that's not the natural state of of being a human but it's almost like what we've come used to so then we do things to try and like numb that with these pills and stuff and so a lot of people like naturally that's the mindset people are in with this culture of like a quick fix mentality so it's like oh yeah i'm going to take this cbd and it's going to do what a tramadol does for me because i paid this much money it's like like no like yeah you can have some short-term uh, effect but it's when you use it uh, consistently and it becomes part of your lifestyle that's when you you see amazing shifts so definitely one uh, great one that you've pointed out there for sure Grayson and I think that compounding effect is something that's really important because sometimes when things come like too easily or too quickly like you say that instant hit or fix of a painkiller that's where the addictive nature probably comes from in terms of the things that triggers within our brain with regards to dopamine or serotonin as we take it longer down the line. Whereas, of course, you're going to see hopefully some short-term improvements from using CBD, but ultimately the prize is in the longer term and adapting your lifestyle. And equally, because it's not, and you don't market yourself as like a budget cheap brand, there's a level of financial investment from people, which hopefully means that they then impact other areas of their life as well. Because if I'm paying this money for my CBD, maybe I should get off my phone a little bit earlier in the in the in the in the night so I can sleep better, so I can get the maximum benefits from this. Maybe I should get up a little bit earlier and go for that morning walk, that morning run, that morning gym session, which again we can get onto when it comes to the community side of things at, at Pure Sport. But it's like a it's like a an entry point or another investment point where it should encourage other positive behaviors within your lifestyle rather than just a one-off purchase of a quick fix which is not at all absolutely man and yeah that's i feel our society's biggest challenge right now is like things are so easily accessible at the drop of a finger uh but it's create it's like going against some so, so things like, you know, like Uber Eats and um, Uber and, and all the, like, damn, like these things are unbelievable and balanced. Um, but, you know, and online, shop, online shopping things are coming in a day and, you know, how cheap some of the like clothes and stuff and like people not investing in quality things and taking the time to do what's right for you, you know, because there's so many distractions in this day and age. Um, so I feel that's a real battle for humanity at the moment to like find our way back to that sense of like slowing down a bit as well and doing what is right. Don't get me wrong, you can still be as ambitious and driven as you please, but realizing that taking the time to do what's right for your health physically and mentally is a, is a, extremely important factor for living a good life um yeah, well said massive challenge on our, our hands at the moment yeah patience and delayed gratification are like two superpowers in this day and age and if you can employ those across different areas of your life particularly regarding your health then you will reap the rewards further down the line we've talked a lot and a little bit about business but i'm keen to dive into a little bit more of it you started off with this focus on athletes how did you start to evolve your target market beyond that in terms of being able to grow a business with normal people like the 80-year-old gran, the, the, the corporate worker who's a bit anxious before a presentation? How did you get out into that market, Grayson? Yeah, so when the brand started, like 
obviously, as I explained at the start, that was to solve, uh, create a solution for an issue that, that we had as athletes around painkillers. Um, but when we went to actually go into a business, uh, we had to take our sportsman hat off and realize like that's a very, very small percentage of the population who are pro athletes or aspiring pro athletes. Um, and actually, you know, from my journey in pro sport and understanding the mentality of pro athletes is like things like supplementation and stuff. You, you don't really look to buy it. That's something that's maybe like an endorsement or your agent sorts or your club organizers for you. So it's not a good business plan to be aimed just at athletes. Um, but when we, when we looked at the benefits of CBD, the main benefits are sleep quality, pain relief, you know, uh, anti-inflammatory, sleep quality, and stress and anxiety. And we're like, these are things that are massively important for anyone from any walk of life. Um, so when we first came to market, like we were a very small brand. It was started out of our own savings. There was no investments, um, no loans, nothing. What allowed us to grow was that we solved that issue for athletes. And then what guys were just buying our products, like pro athletes were just buying the products because it was not available elsewhere. So they couldn't get a big endorsement or whatever. And then they just started sharing it on Instagram, talking about it. So organically our business grew through that. And then what would happen is like, you know, Jeff from down the road who follows Danny Cipriani uh, would see Danny talking about how his sleep quality improved or his pain in his knee was better. And Jeff from down the road who loves rugby who follows Danny like, and I'm interested in that, you know. And then uh, someone who loves their training who follows uh, Oli Martron, they'll invest in it because they want to recover better. Uh, so for those who don't know, Oli Marchman, you know, one of a, a big name in the UK fitness scene. And uh, he's a guy that's used and endorsed our products for a long time. And um, so they would see him. But then what would happen is this person that loved their training that was influenced by Oli Marchman would see benefits. And he would tell his mum, who had been on Voltaren for a year because she's got arthritis. He'd be like, mum, you should try CBD. So then the mum tries it. And then the mum tells the grandma and then the grandma tells her friends. And next thing we got bloody Gladys from Glasgow who loves gardening, who's saying my arthritis in my hands is so much better. And I've taken this CBD. Um, so it was like a knock on. And then what we saw, my, my heart would be filled so much when I would see like this grandma saying, this has helped me or like, a 70-year-old saying, I love golf, but I haven't been able to play more than once a week because I've got arthritis in my hands. Now I'm out playing four times a week. And then we're like, man, we became driven by how the products were. Our, our vision of how we can sp spread the brand was motivated by real-life people uh, benefiting. So we're like, how do we reach more people here? How do we hear? And it's it's one of our constant ongoing challenges is because the way we made a name for ourselves was to be the first fully batch tested certified CBD for athletes, and as a brand with a small budget, um, no marketing budget, fully um, we invested fully in the products and the uh, batch testing. 
you know, it was like, okay, how do we utilize the strength that we've got, which was to be seen as the brand for trust, trusted for athletes to show that the wider world, that's good for you. And that's been an ongoing evolution for us because it was never, ever the plan to just be seen as just for athletes. Um, so what our, 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 it was never the plan, but it was like what was a necessity as a brand with a small budget because we needed to make an impact where we could in order to even progress at all, you know. Um, and then and then from then it's like, okay, how can we show the world that and create this understanding that if you're a human, you are an athlete in the arena of life. Like that's how we see it. So if you're a mum and you're running around after the kids, you're picking up the, the the toddler and you're unloading the dishwasher and you're hanging out the washing and you're up and you need to sleep well because you got to go again and you're feeling stressed and the back's aching because you're picking up the kids a hundred times a day. Like you need to recover. You need to optimize your well-being. So for us, it's like utilizing that viewpoint of someone who's a pro athlete and showing someone who doesn't see themselves as a profit like like no you are the same your job is to optimize yourself to get the best out of you and feel good about life it's the same mentality and pure sport is here for you you know what i mean that that's that's our vision yeah i love that passion it really comes through from you about what your mission is and how you've accomplished it as well is really interesting as well. You mentioned there that it was very business was very much started through you and Adam saving. You had to um, convince your partners that this is the right route to go down. Hopefully they're all on board now. But recently you've had more external investment. I think Finn Russell from the rugby world, John Hart from the rugby world, but even kind of more business-minded people like Alex Stewart, who was a director at Clyde Bloors. So anyone in Scotland will know Clyde Bloors is a massive business. So this guy is obviously the real deal. You guys are pro athletes. You do speak really well about business, Grayson, but who do you go to for like business advice as you guys are scaling? Do you use Alex a lot or do you have other sources to bounce things off? Yeah, I think like one of our biggest strengths, because we don't claim to be unreal businessmen. We we say we're beginners, we're learning, we're learning. Like we're so excited of, the momentum and progress that pure sport has made but all along we said we're learning um and that's actually been i feel a strength is to know that like knowing that we weren't experts and that allowed us to reach out to the people that knew so much more than than we did um and i've never been someone that was a great learner in like the, the kind of standard format of education um i i but I was fascinated and, and would really immerse myself in things that I was interested in. Like, you know, like I say, when I just got, came really interested in natural wellness um, products that could help with like long-term cognitive function, I just took a deep dive podcast, books, YouTube, and just really learned and learned. And so in terms of business, uh, with that willingness to say, I don't know, but I really want to learn, what we've found is that there are some amazing people out there that have accomplished unbelievable things that you would think wouldn't really have that much time for you, but 
if you go to them with the genuine perspective, like, I would love to learn from you. There, there's some amazing people out there that are really willing to help for no other reason than because they're just good people and they want to help people. Um, and Alex, Alex Stewart is a great example of that. You know, Clyde Blower is, is like as as you refer to, known as one of Scotland's most successful companies. Like these guys are massive, and Alec was a like founding partner in Clyde Blowers and one of the most integral um, parts of it. And you know, it sh it shows like connecting with people with no uh, prior like like sort of motive that's kind of trying to get something, but just being interested in them and vice versa can lead to them the best opportunities. So um, when I was at Glasgow Warriors, uh, Adam and I actually did a podcast um, and it was around our real, we had a real interest in like mental health, um, uh, understanding well-being in regards to like how mental uh, performance as athletes and how it um, transferred into life. And what we actually did was, because we weren't the experts, we were fascinated by it, and we had been, benefited a lot from immersing ourselves in learning. Our podcast was about interviewing experts. Um, and Alex Stewart actually listened to our podcast. He was a supporter of the Glasgow Warriors, and he was part of the business club. Listened to our podcast, reached out um, to us, and was like, and him and uh, his founding member of Clyde Blowers, um, Jim McCall, um, they had founded a, a school called Newlands Junior College in Glasgow, and the school was for disadvantaged youth, and it was founded completely from their money. There was a curriculum that was created to help kids that had been expelled and that to learn and feel empowered. And Alec invited Adam and I along to meet the kids and talk to them, and we were blown away by how unbelievable the school was. And and I was someone that grew up in, you know, um, quite challenging circumstances and so when I got the opportunity to go into the school I was like man this place is unbelievable it's providing kids who have been ruled out you know seen as failures and um, kicked out of school and you know looked at as criminals and all that an opportunity to learn and actually enjoy learning uh, in a different way and and Alec actually said would love for you guys to do some mentoring you and Adam and I was like yeah sweet would love that that's how we met Alec. And then along the way, as Pure Sports started, because we had built a like friendship with him, we would go and say, oh, Alec, like, we're really interested to understand more about um, forecasts or how to build a business plan. And, and he would help us. Um, and then, yeah, that, that was how our connection with Alec came about. But without a doubt, my biggest, I mean, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm someone that's like, it's my job to go around and give people advice because I'm, I'm still learning. But I think if I was to pass on a nugget that I feel is really impactful, um, connect with people and be interested in what they're doing. And through that network that you build, even if it's like a year or two down the line, that person you connect with, you may realize there's something that is of real interest to you. And to go back to them and from that first genuine connection and be like, hey, I'd love to talk to you about this that you know about. I, I would love to know about that. You'd be amazed. Like people are willing to help you, you know? Yeah, that's incredible. And I think it links on to a lot of what you've said about delayed gratification and like 
steps in advance of being proactive rather than just tackling things when they come up. Because if you'd cold approached Alex Stewart when you'd started Pure Sports CBD, you'd been like, okay, I know you played for the Warriors, but I don't know anything else about you. Whereas because you guys were developed a relationship, you'd shown what a good person you and Adam are in terms of supporting his initiative. Of course, he was likely more likely to return the favour and a principle of reciprocity is a powerful one. Last few questions for you, Grayson. Community is such a buzzword when it comes to business and it's probably up there with like authenticity on Instagram. It's a bit overused, but you guys have as a core value of your business and I'd love for you to share with the listeners how you actually bring that to life in real terms and it not just being something that sits on like a, a marketing document or a perspective to invest as to say, we've got community here at Pure Sports CBD. How do you actually bring it to life? Yeah, I mean, um, I think, uh, and, and community started to be something that people spoke to us about, like, oh, pure sport, like you guys are building, and, and like you say, it, it is a buzzword. Um, and, and when I reflect on how we've built momentum, like all we had, like we had savings that went, everything went into developing these products that were a world's first uh, we we had no option but to create the highest quality that was going to impact people because we didn't have a marketing budget. So our thing was, it's got to work. Uh, otherwise, people ain't coming back, you know. Um, and, and having been so small and having no marketing budget, what we all we had was our passion and our belief in what we were building. Um, and like that that passion and belief and what we had it brought others on board with us um and you know when when we went out and showed how much pure sport meant to us and people were willing to get on board with that and i remember you know like in the early days i knew nothing about like influencer marketing i knew nothing about marketing at all uh i kind of still don't know that much you know we're we're doing the things that make sense to us as a brand that's true to us. Um, but the biggest thing that has been an impact for Pure Sport is getting people on board that share the value and the belief in what you're doing and not getting people on board because they may be an expert or they may have a huge following on social media. like. The biggest flops we've had is when we have got to a point where you could get someone with a million followers and they don't truly care, you know, and then that's like the biggest waste. Uh, yeah, and it's not good that's, for the brand. That's mad, isn't it? Because you spoke there about Ollie Marchin, like really credible guy with a big following, but importantly, his following might be smaller than the guy with a million but he'll go on there and talk about your product because he's using it and he cares about it. And he won't be sending you an invoice every time he does a story to say, Oh yeah, I did a story last week. It got X number of thousand views. That'll be X number of hundred pounds. Please, <laughs> please, please Grayson. Uh, he's passionate to talk about it. Or like you said, Danny Cipriani probably put it on his story because he was enjoying using it and he was seeing the benefits. Whereas if you then seek out somebody because they've got a big following and they're in your target market, they feel like you're like a, you're a client for them. They're, they're able to, to charge you for promotion yeah in this day and age you know influencer marketing was something that was really impactful um probably you know a few years ago 
Um, and for specific audiences and types of products, it's still very impactful. Um, but, you know, for a product and brand like ours, where it's about education, it's about perspective and it's about lifestyle. An influencer who was on Love Island with a million followers going like that is not going to work. You know, it's about the people that utilize these products for their wellness that are just happy to share and talk about their own routine and their lifestyle in a way that is factual. That's like when people start to notice that, they're like, oh shit, I'm interested in that. I want to try that. So yeah, it's um, for us, it's the, the biggest thing is just doing what is, is is true to us and getting people on board that share that passion. Um, and, you know, being willing to try things and learn and when it works, keep going. If it doesn't, you learn quick and you, you change, you know? Um, and I think that's another one of the, I guess, blessings of not having a background in business or, or like, being highly regimented in terms of like a corporate background or is we're quite fluid where we, we do things in the moment, you know, we're quite creative. So um, building a core group of people that this is not a job. This is more, this is like what we truly believe in. There's a knock on effect in that. Like I often say to our group, like we're building something special here you can't fake it. You, you either truly have that passion as the team that then people buy into or you don't and you can't fake it. That's why, you know, our, we've, we've built a run club with, we've got over 300 people that are in the run club within three months. Uh, we've built a fitness club that has hundreds of people. We've, we're building a yoga club. Um, and, it, and people are like, ah, oh, you guys are like, what you're doing is insane. Like, what's your marketing strategy? And it's like, we just do what we do. Like, we go and do the run club. We go do the fitness club. We go do the yoga club. And we share it and we invite people and they invite people and, they, and, and we connect and we live the values and it snowballs. And you can't fake that if it's not true, you know? And, and that then I see... Brands want to collaborate with us. Big, like massive brands that have, I know for a fact, like budgets that are like in the millions of pounds a month. Yeah, I saw, your, I saw your collab with Gymshark. That was absolutely amazing. And um, interestingly, I think they were the first example of influencer marketing working really, really well. I don't know if you were like a fan of theirs back in the day, but I remember seeing their like first ever tracksuit. It was called the Lux Tracksuit on YouTube. It was like Jeff Side, Alan Gabby, these like bodybuilders from the States came over for Body Power, which is the big fitness ex expo in Birmingham. And everyone was like, what are these, where are these tracksuits from? And it literally was Lewis and Ben Francis had like made these tracksuits and mm. sent them out to YouTubers that they liked and they promoted them and wore them. And that was like how Gymshark just went from like yeah, a bedroom operation to, 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 to like, obviously there was some steps in the way, but to where it is now, but also amazing to see them collab with you guys and recognize like how real you guys are yeah man and like like they're a brand that i i just think like that 
brand is massive. Like, if you broke down in your mind and the, what the revenue was like into sales in a day, it's like unbelievable um, how many people are buying their products. And it's because they've created a brand that people are a part of, but you can't fake it. Like they have built that because they are state, like they had a vision and they built a team that believed in that vision and, and, and grew it. So many people come into business with, the money being the end goal or like, like the goal, you know? Um, and, and I think that's, they're the ones that try to emulate these things, but people see through it because if it's the money driving you, you're not living the values, you know, you're paying someone else to show that they're living the values. And if that person doesn't feed off of that energy from you at the top, it's never going to be truly authentic. And the people feel that that's why it's unique to have a brand that's building around a group that is like so passionate about the vision so like i see people doing things really similar like almost to the point like copying a lot of stuff some of stuff and it's flattering now but like um we're not worried because it's like you if if you're not true and authentic and like actually that's you living your values that's not going to last and people are going to see through it um so i say to my team like just keep being us keep bringing the energy and that's what we do and it, the snowball goes because 20 people came to the first run club you know within 10 weeks we we're at 130 people you know um because people came they felt the energy they felt included they belong they tell their friends they come, their energy. And then these people become, they become an extension of us because they're feeding off our energy. Um, and you don't get that when it's some, and not, I'm not trying to like offend anyone, but there's no, you don't get that when someone who see has a big chunk of money or a big chunk of investment, sees an opportunity in the market, comes in, here's this money, hire the CEO, hire this marketing person, hire this salesperson, hire this events person. They may be unreal at their job and they actually may build a great brand and build a lot of revenue, but it's not got the impact of a brand that's like, that's why Gymshark is like, some of the guys I admire, I see like on Instagram, they've got 3,000 followers and their things are um, private and it's like, this, it's like someone who I know was there at the start of Gymshark and they're they pioneered something and they were part of it, you know, and I'm like, fair play to you and fair play to Ben for, for getting you to be part of that vision. Uh, and without like Ben Francis being, having that vision, he wouldn't have been able to get those people on board. Cause like you said, I've got to know and chat to some of these guys at Gymshark and like, they're so down to earth, man, with what, and with what they're going, got going on. They're like, they weren't the experts either. Some of these guys who are chief brand officers, um, chief financial officers of Gymshark, they were just dudes that started out like with some knowledge in that area with really little experience and built it. Um, so, but without that passion and buy-in and vision, I don't think you can truly build a, a, a community. Um, money can't buy it. So Gymshark is a perfect example of like an inspiring and true 
vision and passion that's built out. Um, and then we've had brands that have come to us and be like, oh, we want to be part of the run club. We want to put our brand name to Pure Sport Run Club. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, what does a collaboration look like? And I'm talking like, I won't say their names, but I'm talking like big brands and, you know, up, up there globally, you know, in sport and stuff. And we're like, okay, cool. Like, how's it going to be? Like, so excited this brand's come to us. And they're like, oh, well, no, we don't do anything other than like, we put our name and the thing and everything Tiny Talk About, it's like our brand name, Pure Sport Run Club. We'll give them, we'll put kit, people on kit and stuff like that. And we're like, well, that ain't a collaboration because like it's got to be value for both sides. And in my mind, I'm sitting there like, you guys are worth like a, like billions. Some of, I'm talking to some of these brands, like your marketing budget is hundreds of millions. Go out and build your own fucking run club. And then I'm like, oh, wait, they're not doing it because they don't have the true passion to bring the people to it. They may do one for a few weeks and it fizzles out. Uh, so I'm starting to clue on. It's like, it ain't about, like, of course, money, resource, scaling up. Yep. But, like, in terms of doing something that's truly... There's a little bit of that a 1,000 true fans piece there, Grayson, because if you've got a 1,000 true fans that will turn up to run clubs, tell their friends about it, it doesn't stay as a thousand for very long. And because mm. that core is so tight and so strong, as it grows, the the kind of branches that are shooting off from this tree are, are also equally strong and robust. Whereas mm. these other businesses, like you're saying, they don't really have that network on the ground, those kind of profiles and personalities that people would want to go and network with and, and, and catch up with. They, they wouldn't have you running a 5K with them around Wandsworth, Wandsworth Park or wherever you were doing it. It's mad. No, I mean, we're, and um, it's one of my biggest things as we grow is like, you know, I, I say to like Will Good, who's who heads the run club and works with a lot of our ambassadors and James Dollar, who head, who head, heads up the fitness club and works with a lot of the functional fitness ambassadors. It's like, guys, you, you are pure sport, you know? And then what's going to happen is we go to these clubs, we create these clubs, these people connect with you and they appreciate that you are part of Pure Sport, then you make them feel belonging and then they're part of it. Um, so it's like, how do we keep building up that? And it's like, you empower people to know that they are, it's not like, I remember in my rugby career, the coach, some coaches would try to undervalue you, you know, so you wouldn't get paid your proper value or, you know, it'd be like that treat a mean, keep them keen, type mentality that you know kids get told about girl boys get told about to do girls and it doesn't never really works you know like if you undervalue someone and you don't show the level of impact that they're truly having and show appreciation for it they're they're subconsciously or consciously they're gonna know so stop trying to i can take the piss out of people show the love and you'll get back tenfold you know um and that's that's how we try to do everything that we, we we try to live that with pure sport amazing what a note for us to to wrap up on Grayson where is the best place for people to head towards if they want to learn more about the brand and also want to connect with you yeah um so Instagram's a big go-to these days so it's at pure sport CBD uh website is puresportcbd.com and me personally uh is at Grayson John Hart. Um, 
John without an H. My mum was trying to be different. But um, yeah, and as well, like you, anyone has any questions to do with any of the run clubs, fitness clubs, yoga clubs, they're all, they're all open invite. You know, you don't have to be a customer. You don't have to pay to come there. We want to, we do it to build community, encourage that lifestyle. Um, and if anyone's got questions about the products, you can reach out to me directly. I'm always happy to chat to people, but you can go through the website. We've got the WhatsApp set up. You always find someone in the team that is passionate about it to talk to you. So yeah, hopefully that, that helps. Yeah, superb. What a conversation that has been, guys. And I'm sure you've all learned a lot about CBD. If you have enjoyed this one, please take a screenshot, pop on your Instagram story, tag me at call.cambro, and let's get the word out about how CBD really works and the benefits that are there for everyone. And I'll be back to speak to you all again very, very soon.